Welcome. I am Heidi Kirk, and this is the Student Media Podcast. Before we begin, I'd like to welcome our new listeners today and give a quick overview. This podcast serves as a safe place for discussion. I set out to talk to my friends, my peers, and the other student media leaders about what we are facing as students. We've discussed before the ways in which journalism has changed because of the time that we are living in. Not only are we dealing with COVID-19, but recently reporters are having to turn their sights to the election. Today, I'd like to bring in a friend and reporter to chat with me today. And she is someone that I respect as a journalist and a storyteller. And we've actually been able to work together several times. So today, I would like to introduce the news editor at the Arkansas Traveler, Sarah Komar. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Heidi. <laughs> I know it's it's so weird to be on this side of things, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Because <laughs> you're normally out in the field reporting and writing, so broadcast is kind of foreign to you. Yeah, well, in the field such as it is right now, but yeah. <laughs> yes, the field. I say the field, but, you know, what is the field right now? Many of us are reporting from our bedrooms. I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of it takes place there. Yep, same so- for me, yeah. All my <laughs> classes are at home, too. This yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's been a huge topic of conversation conversation and on the podcast and just in general. I mean, you know, many of us don't leave our desks or, I mean, sometimes to be honest, I'm doing work from my bed. Same. (laughs) Yeah. So different. I mean, who knew that this is where we'd be in a pandemic? Well, so to jump right in, I'd like to get a little bit of background on the people I interview. So you are a senior this year or are you a junior? I'm a senior, but I'm taking five years to graduate. Okay, so that's what I thought. First, first of two senior years. Yeah. Right. First of two. Well, even better. You get more than one. I mean, yeah. I know that right now I, my heart really goes out to the people that are about to graduate and then, of course, the freshmen. So Yeah, you know, I know. I, least... I feel bad for you. Like, I don't know. Like, I hope you're able to have a graduation <laughs> oh ceremony. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Me too. The nice thing about, you know, taking an extra year, you'll get, you know, hopefully some normal time. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. Anyway, so how did you end up at the University of Arkansas? Well, I ended up here because I got the Honors College Fellowship and I didn't really want to pay for college. (laughs) So I came here. Also, my brother went here. He was also, he was a Bodenhammer Fellow. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be nice graduating with no debt. I gotta be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I ended up here. I mean, it was just it was also uh, just a good option. It's not too far from home. It's um, it's affordable. So of course, well, you know, I'm kind of in that same situation. I was like, I'm going to go wherever the money comes and the money came here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly, I am grateful. I love Fayetteville and I think it's a really neat area. So I think that ultimately I made the right choice. Oh my gosh, yeah, me too. You are originally from Kansas City, correct? Uh, kind of. I'm not really originally from anywhere (laughs) because I moved around, like, I moved, like, six or seven okay, times okay. when I was a kid. My dad was in the army, but my family has lived in Kansas City for about the last eight years. So yeah. So the last eight years in Kansas City. So what was the jump like from Kansas City to Fayetteville? I mean, are there similarities in the towns or? I mean, so, uh, it's obviously like a much smaller town, mm-hmm. but it, I, 
I don't think it was like that that different because I live in the s suburban part of Kansas Kansas City anyway. So as far as the Traveler, of course, you've worked for them for uh, several semesters now. I mean, you're very well established, and of course, you've written so many different things over the years. I've I mean, on a variety so of stories, topics. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I think one of the things that I really admire about you is how well rounded you are. I mean, of course, as a photographer, we've gone out on stories together, and you know, you've written about, you know, you do your theater critiques, and then you write about that mushroom story that we did the one yes. time. I mean, it's so That was such versatile. a fun story, <laughs> yes. We had such a good time on that one. Uh, we've yeah. had so many good ones. I mean, it's just such a blast to cover this area. There's so many crazy things going on. Um, but of course, you know, things have definitely changed because of COVID. It's, it looks a lot different. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll get to that in a second. So talk a little bit about your position that you do right now and kind of how you worked your way up to that position. So I um, started as a staff reporter last September, um, which was like at the same time I joined the School of Journalism because I had been, I changed my major to journalism last year. Um, and then I, in February, when one of our former news editors left, I was promoted. And so I've been doing this job since February. Um, the, like, the, the types of positions at the, at the Traveler have changed a little bit since last school year, but I have the same job I was doing before, so that's mm -hmm. convenient, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I basically just, I worked really hard. I wrote a lot of stuff, you know, to try to make, make a name for myself and just, you know, get the experience. And I, as I wrote more stuff, you know, there happened to be an opening and mm -hmm. so I got it. You yeah. kind of fell into it. Well, and of mm -hmm. course, not to mention that you are so talented. I mean, genuinely, I think we've actually plugged you on the podcast before just because <laughs> of all the awesome work that you put out. So, thank you. you know, for anybody that's listening, you know, go check out Sarah Comar's work for the Arkansas Traveler. It is, you know, absolutely wonderful. Thank you. But of course, you know, things like we said, they've transitioned a lot. And of course, you know, we went from having a hustling and bustling newsroom to our newsroom is basically our bedrooms or, you know, our kitchen table. And that is so bizarre. And, you know, for someone that works at UATV, of course, we're lucky enough to be able to come in and use the space because we have to. But for you guys, that looks a little bit different. So what has that transition looked like for you from, you know, being in the newsroom and working to doing most everything from home? I mean, it's kind of sad. You know, I miss being around everyone, like all of us from all the different outlets being together, you know, um, it's also weird that, like, we haven't met any of our reporters in person. You know, we have an entirely new staff of reporters this year. I mean, we have two returners who are contributing reporters, but other than that, like, we've never met any of our reporters. We've never been able to have a pitch meeting in person or, you know, we don't write, we don't do um, print editions this semester. We likely won't do them next semester unless things change a lot so that there are more people on campus to read it. Mm -hmm. So we're not in here once a month doing production, you know, which is also kind of sad. I mean, it's a very stressful time. It's also a really fun time. And it's a good time for, like, to build, like, teamwork between the reporters and the editors and all of us as a group. So that's kind of weird not having that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say there's, like, less accountability because we're not together in person. Like, I think our reporters are still doing, like, a great job of getting stories in on time and stuff. I just feel bad for them that they have, like, the ones that are starting especially and have never done any kind of journalism before don't ha even get to have the experience of doing any in-person stuff yet, you know, and they're in their probably likely won't in their whole first year, but they're doing a great job. It, it, like you said, it's, it's easier for us not to be in person because like we don't have to broadcast from anywhere at a specific time. So we're able to do our, our meetings over zoom and stuff and just, you know, our editing process happens 
you know, typically, except for with production, t- typically remotely anyways, through like, um, we use Google Docs and stuff to collaborate. So it's like, at least there's tools that make it easy to collaborate when you're not sitting in the same room together. So it's, yeah, it's, it's different, but, and it's like weird for uh, those of us who've been working together for, you know, a year or more now to not ever see each other in person either, but... Well, and you said something that I want to revisit because I thought it was really interesting. I mean, some of your new reporters, you've never seen them in person. Mm -hmm. And that is so different. I mean, I, as volunteer and recruitment coordinator at UATV, I'm meeting tons of new volunteers. And of course, it is a little different. You know, we're wearing masks, we're six feet apart. But for you guys, I mean, I think that that's got to be detrimental to both sides. I mean, because you, you know, are hiring new people and you never get to meet them in person. And I am such a face-to-face, like, handshaker. And it's so different, you know, not being able to introduce them into this new space. And of course, Zoom is just not the same. There's certain aspects that are so different with Zoom and you'll never get that really, like, face-to-face interaction, which is, you know, it's, it's just different. And, you know, I hope that in a year from now, hopefully sooner, you guys will be able to have that again. But, you know, for the time being, it's what we've all got to do. Um, but of course, you know, I think that the way that you guys have been covering news, you know, that has changed, but also the things you've been covering have changed. And, you know, not just for you, of course, for everybody. I mean, UATV, every single show starts with a COVID update, COVID update. And I wake up every day and I put on my mask and I you know, jump whenever anybody gets closer to me than six feet, of course, if they're not someone that are in my little quarantine circle. But yeah, it's it's different. But if you just kind of want to talk about, you know, how the coverage has changed, like specifically, and of course, you know, we can't go without mentioning the COVID update, which I know that Kate has said you basically spearheaded that over the summer for the traveler. Yeah, we do a weekly, like more in-depth COVID update where we um, include updates on state numbers and county numbers for both the Northwest Arkansas counties. Um, and like, major statewide or local news that happened recent that happened in the past week related to COVID, whether it's like a new closure or a new reopening or in the governor's introducing a new testing program or something like that. We make sure to report on that. And then also um, we include Monday's uh, school numbers update because the school the school site is updated Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then Wednesday and Friday, we try to put out just little briefs, which are like, you know, a few sentences just with what the new update of the day is for numbers. Um, but our big, our big like bulky update, I guess, is on Monday, and that goes up on Tuesday mornings in our um, Tuesday newsletter. Uh, follow the newsletter. <laughs> yes, to, shout out. Subscribe to the newsletter. There's a link on the Traveler Instagram. There's a yes, link, a link on our website know. also. Um, but yeah, I did. I started writing the weekly update over the summer because I was like, you know, we don't we don't put out a, a, like a lot of content over the summer because it's just much more mm-hmm. difficult to coordinate because people have inter- internships and jobs and stuff. But I was like, we should we should definitely putting be putting out at least some material related to COVID. So we kept like a running list of like reopenings and we kept Aaron and I started doing, writing the weekly update once a week. And I write it most weeks still. Uh, the last few weeks, Abby Ross, our editor in chief has written it. She's obviously amazing too <laughs> at it. Yeah. Um, it's like, as I'll, I've written it so many times at this point, it's like almost down to a science. I'm like, okay, basically <laughs> practically copy and paste this yep. template and swap out the numbers and then also find out whatever the new, the biggest news of the week was. But uh, yeah, that it does get tedious after a while, mm-hmm. and I, that's that's kind of why I've been sort of distributing it amongst different people a little bit lately. But um, <clears throat> it is just you know one of those things that like you can knock out in an hour and get it up for the newsletter. So that's it's not too hard. But the other thing that's changed a lot is 
we just we almost never have like event coverage anymore because there aren't mm-hmm. a lot of events to cover and also if there are in-person events like it's always of course like we leave it up to our reporters if they are comfortable covering it right like we're not going to ask anyone who could potentially be like immunocompromised or have or just you know be too scared for their health to go out and cover something in person to do that um we have had we have had a few in-person events that people have covered um you know mostly outdoor things with uh wear masks everyone was wearing masks obviously like it's because on campus that's you know Mm -hmm. first I mean it's the rule in the state it doesn't necessarily mean everyone follows it but on campus everyone's been really good obviously about that because you can be disciplined by the school for that so definitely like if they're comfortable we send them to stuff there just isn't there just aren't as many things going on in person to send them to or for us to go to ourselves sometimes you know there are there are zoom events to cover and stuff but there just aren't always, always as engaging or anything so yeah it's I feel, I mean, I just, I feel bad for everyone because there's less, there's less interesting things to do around town for everyone. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely have, we definitely write a lot more features or like trend stories or things like that than we do event coverage or, I mean, we always try to have a good balance of it in any year, but we're, you know, with, that's almost entirely what we do now because there are so many fewer just like events to do. Well, moral of the story, it's different. I mean... Every time I go to your page, it is different coverage than it was last year. And, you know, not just you guys, of course, even the big leagues, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they're changing too. And especially, I mean, being a campus paper, a lot of the coverage just tends to be event coverage just because there's always a million, you know, different leadership events and freshman type things and all sorts of stuff like that. And a lot of that is done. Um, So I I have a question just kind of off the top of my head. Um, Zoom events. So have you guys covered any of those specifically? I don't think we actually have yet. We've had a few pitched, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's a, you know, it's like with any event that someone pitches, you have to make a decision about whether it's like right. newsworthy or not, or not, or whether, you know, like there's an actual angle on mm-hmm. it other than just like this thing happened, you know? And it's hard to make a Zoom event newsworthy. Am I yeah. right? Like that's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. No, that's all he's going to say. Yeah. I mean, we... We do interviews for our stories over Zoom a lot now, mm-hmm. so that's different, obviously. I mean, we still, even before, we did a lot of our stuff over the phone, so that's, mm-hmm. that hasn't changed that much. But yeah, I don't think we have covered any of these Zoom events yet. Um, for, like, things that our certain, co- our certain reporters will be covering for their beats, you know, they might start covering more things that are online. Like, for example, you know, our, our beat reporter who's covering student government, like, obviously, she won't be going to ASG meetings in person. Now, that's something that's always been great about ASG is that at least for the last several years, they've always live streamed their meetings on Facebook anyway. Mm-hmm. So that makes it easy to, to watch and cover live. So, um, those things are good. I think, I think like most organizations on campus who, if, if they didn't already live stream a lot of stuff, they, they've, you know, implemented those things. So they're doing a really good job of adapting. So mm-hmm. I think that helps us too, obviously. Well, and I'm thinking that just from a photographer's point of view, I'm imagining like photographing like a Zoom event or a ASG Facebook live stream. I mean, that is a no-go. I mean, you can't even yeah. do that really. And yeah. I'm in a photojournalism class right now. And, you know, she asked us to document the way in which, you know, classes have gone online and a lot of those meetings. And it's so hard to just think outside the box and not just like take a picture of my laptop screen, yeah. you know, and make it interesting. So it's been a challenge for all of us 
But I have to ask a lot of the people I've interviewed, you know, they've kind of, they've talked about some positives. And I think that for me personally, I've come out with a lot of skills on this. I mean, or I've come out, I'm going to come out of this with a lot of skills. Mm -hmm. Said that a little backwards. But I, <laughs> it's like ASMR. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, coming out of this, I feel like I have gained a lot of skills. And even though, you know, it's definitely a hard time for a lot of people, I'm definitely struggling and just having to transition my life away from, you know, in-person meetings and things like that has been really difficult. But, you know, I am grateful that I know how to record a Zoom interview now. And, you know, I know how to cover things when I actually can't be there in person. And it's challenging, but it definitely is something that I'll be able to come out of this with. And, you know, hopefully in the next few years, we'll be back to normal, but I still will have these skills. So, for you specifically, is there anything that you feel like is kind of benefited you from this weird time? And I know it's kind of a loaded question, so take your time to answer. Um, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think because of just like the nature of print journalism, you know, we don't always need to be in person anyways. So it's not, I don't, I, I wouldn't say like that much has changed. Just, you know, not being able to see each other in person or have meetings in person, which is kind of a detriment. Um I, I don't I guess in terms of like new skills I would I would say just like it is it can be kind of sometimes it can be harder to f source to find sources for things if you're not able to like you know go somewhere in person or whatever so there's definitely that challenge and like I think our reporters are facing that a lot too but I think that's great that they'll like be even better at finding sources for stories when later it's not as hard you know mm -hmm. so like should should be like a breeze you know in the future so that's that's really good, I think. I think that's a, something that's beneficial. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I think like a lot of, um, a lot of interviews normally are done, you know, either like on the phone. So um, that's not too big of a change, but um, should be fun when we can actually interview people in person again. Yes. Well, I really definitely appreciate human contact so much more mm -hmm. than I used to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, me too. I mean, I, there were days last semester where I'd complain about having to come into work, but now every single moment that I can spend, you know, at work in a mask, of course, socially distanced, of course, is, you know, that's such a valuable time and I'm grateful for it. But yeah, it really has brought a new perspective to all of us. And I think you're totally right about those new reporters. I mean, I feel it for UATV reporters too. It's like going to be so much easier whenever this is all over and they can do it the way that we were all taught to do it. So for you guys and like those new reporters you were talking about, um, I have to ask, is there any like advice for them specifically? I just think it's, it's really like... Um, a unique time for people that are just starting out as a journalist. And gosh, I mean, whenever I was a freshman and, you know, starting to take journalism classes and write stories and just get into broadcast, I cannot imagine having this added layer of confusion and hardship for them. But, you know, for young journalists, do you have any sort of advice? Yeah, I guess just don't like let this discourage you, you know, I mean, Obviously, there's burnout in any given year, and we have people who start and then decide that it's not something they want to do anymore and quit. But uh, our reporters have been working so hard and really toughing it out and um, really, like, stepping up to the plate in terms of these challenges. But just don't don't let it discourage you from, like, wanting to be a journalist or think, like, oh, my gosh, this is just miserable because ultimately, like, it may take a really long time before our world is, like, quote-unquote, back to normal, and, like, there are things that will 
change forever because of this and there are things that we'll never be able to get back like the hundreds of thousands of like lives that we've lost so I'm not trying to minimize that I don't want to like say at all like we'll ever be able to go back to normal because families who lost people because of this will never be able to go back to normal you know that's not our lives will always be different but your ability to have human contact and like you know meet sources in person and do more variety um, a greater variety of types of stories will come back you know like one day there will be this the pandemic will be over and people will be able to hold events in person and stuff you know even if we're still distancing and wearing masks like the rates of transmission will go down and stuff so this isn't forever nothing's ever forever and journalism is always changing and evolving anyway so it's a good skill to be able to have or a good experience to have to just like be adaptive and and you know go with the flow as it evolves and I hope like I hope this situation will also teach people just how important like different like how yeah how important it is to be um flexible and be adaptive but also like the importance of just having lots of different like types of stories you know like no like no type of story is like I guess more important or more important to know how to do than another kind you know you need to be able to know how to write all sorts of different things and hopefully like they also get appreciation for how, how like beneficial like multimedia elements can be too right now because um obviously there's certain multimedia edits uh, or multimedia um elements we can't do like we can't we like this like I said there's not really any events that we could go to and film a little bit or something like that but because we can't take as many photos, we have more, like, graphics and stuff, and those are really good. I think those are a really good thing for any kind of, like, news source to include, because a lot of people find it very helpful to be able to, like, visualize data, and so mm -hmm. I hope it'll just, like, teach the importance of being well-rounded and persevering, because... Mm -hmm we'll get through this. <laughs> well, that's a really good sentiment to end that thought on. We will get through this. I know that so many people are struggling and the good thing is that I, I mean, it's going to go away. And even though so many of us are going to walk away affected, I mean, like you said, rates of transmission are eventually going to go down. And even though we might still have to wear a mask, we're going to be able to go do things. And I cannot wait for that day. Me too. But Dude, I want to go to a concert. Oh, so bad. So I want to like... I, I don't want to go to a play in person mm -hmm. again. Well, I know? was just I was t just talking about that the other day because we were looking at Theater Squared's website and I was looking at all their virtual events and I was like, I want to go to a play more than anything. I mean, it is genuinely one of my favorite things. And, you know, it's one of those places where you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with a stranger. And I used to live for those moments. And now, so weird. No, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I, I hate that I have to feel terrified of it. But, you know, it's it's part of what we do now. Mm -hmm. So to kind of change gears, I know that it's so hard not to just talk about the pandemic. But I also want to highlight some of the good things that the trap has been doing. I mean, like you just talked about with those multimedia elements, like, oh, my gosh, it is so cool to see, you know, the different illustrations that are going up and mm -hmm. graphs and just things like that. I mean, they're all just so like it's great for someone that's a visual learner. I mean, I love to look at things like that and from mm -hmm. you guys and from, you know, some of the other bigger publications as well. I mean, I think that that's a really, really great thing and a good skill to walk away with, like you said. But, you know, of course, we have to talk about some of the things that have been coming out recently because, I mean, in the last few weeks, I've specifically noticed that you guys have really been ramping up your content, which is awesome. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like every single day, multiple stories. Yeah, I see them that's, on that's Facebook our, and That's Twitter. our goal, yeah, because for when we started out the year, we had 
like no report, like mm-hmm. did not. We had one, and then she had to uh, bump down from being a uh, uh, a staff reporter to a contributing reporter, which was completely understandable. Mm-hmm. She has a job that she works many hours a week, you know. But we had no one. It was just like us trying to get up as many stories as we could, and no, we obviously we do what we can, but we have like lives too you know we have classes we have to obviously grades need to come first and stuff Mm -hmm. and that applies for reporters too but now we now we have like seven reporters so we're actually able to write more things Mm -hmm. a week so that's thank god you know we're so thankful for them and we're happy that they're here and they're doing such a great job and it's great to see like them learning and improving every time you know like every time you get a story from a reporter it's like a little bit better than the Mm -hmm. last one you notice that they like learn things about uh, you know, they learn from the edits that were made last time and stuff, and they're getting and that's such a that's like probably the most the best part of the job is such such a rewarding part is being able to just see them like learn and grow every time, and so we're really happy for that. So yeah, we definitely have been putting out. Uh, we try to get up about two things a day at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, and then of course, and that's excluding breaking news because mm-hmm. you know we get that up as as it comes in. Although of course, there's like briefs that we can plan ahead for like our friday and wednesday little updates on school numbers and stuff so that that's helpful too well and that has not gone unnoticed i love being able to just get on twitter facebook and seeing that you guys are posting things i mean and they're all so good i mean i think that you you guys have done a good job of finding the things that are going on and covering Mm -hmm. them which i know from working at uatv it's a struggle sometimes i mean it's hard to find story ideas that aren't just the same COVID type of stories. So I think that good on you guys for that. Thank you. But, you know, you specifically, I mean, like we said in the beginning, you put out so much content. And of course, as a photographer, you know, we've we've even done a few things remotely together this Mm -hmm. year. Um, But if you just want to highlight a few of the stories that you have put out recently, I know, of course, um, you had a a big one go up a few days ago, if you just want to talk about that. Yeah, I did do, I did write a feature about um, the student that our uh, community lost, Chase Real, who uh, passed away a few weeks ago um, in a burglary at his home. I wanted to expand upon, you know, the breaking news reporting that happened from lots of local outlets um, when the incident occurred and mm-hmm. when, when, he, when he was killed. Um, instead of just focusing on the incident, I wanted to focus on his legacy on those people who loved him, you know, and focus on, like, write, write more about his life than his death. And of course, like, his death was a part of the way he lived, obviously, like, that was obviously something I had to touch on because for one of, one of the sources that I interviewed, his, his friend and roommate was obviously there at the incident and, to him, like, Chase was the one who saved his life, you know? Chase is responsible for, ta- like, ta- like taking a bullet for him and, um, or was responsible for, you know, giving him the opportunity to be able to, with his other friends, take down the um, alleged burglar uh, a gun- and gunman. So, uh, you know, of course, like, that was a part of his life, too, because, you know, this... this you know, he's, he's a hero to his friends and they, you know, they all said, uh, all the people I interviewed said, you know, that was so characteristic of him. He was the kind of person who stood up for people, you know, he didn't tolerate bullies. He stood up for his friends and he was really loyal. So I wanted to focus on like the, you know, the, 
the values that he held and the um, way he lived his life rather than just the way he died. And of course, the way he died was part of the way he lived his life, but I wanted to focus on, I wanted to like, you know, highlight just like fond memories that people had of him and stuff and share, you know, share a, a deeper side than just this is the name of the person that was killed in this burglary, you know? Um, so I hope I did a good job with that. You know, I, I, I really tried my best and I'm really thankful, I'm really grateful and so appreciative um, if any of you that I talked to for the story are listening, I just, I'm so appreciative of everyone that talked to me and did the, and helped me to do my best to get the story right, because this is about them, this is, this is like their story more than it is mine, like it's not about me, it's about, um, I'm so thankful for his two, his two friends and former roommates and his, um, his mother who were so kind as to speak with me even in, when they're in this time of incredible pain and mourning. Um, and I pre I'm so thankful and appreciative to them for helping me do my best to get the story right and to highlight who Chase was and not just how he died, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and that is a, a hard story to tell as a journalist. I mean, I think that the hardest stories are always those of deaths like that. And it was something that was tragic and affected the community. I mm -hmm. mean, so many people, like you said, knew him in this community and respected him. And I think that you really shone a light on that side of his life. And I, I respect that as a journalist because I know how hard it is to cover stories like that, especially right now, whenever there's a lot of sadness, you know, aside from, you know, when a tragedy like that happens. So it was a very powerful story. And, you know, I'm grateful that you had the opportunity to cover that. And I was wondering if there was going to be some sort of update on that, because, of course, we covered it at UATV. But, you know, we get 20 seconds or, you know, 45 seconds to cover a, a quick story. But I think that the beauty of print, I mean, of course, you're not printing right now, but yeah. on online, um, you know, that I think the beauty of that is that you can really go a little bit more in depth, which I think is so, it's a, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to tell those stories like that way. Um, when, you know, in TV news, it's, you know, we get 45 seconds, we get some video of the house and an interview with, you know, someone that knew him or the mom, which is what we did. But, um, yeah, it's just a different way of coverage. So I, I would encourage anyone that's listening to check that story out, you know, even if you didn't know him or even if you're not a part of the campus community. It's a beautifully written piece and shown line off on something that's, you know, really important. So thank you for covering that, Sarah. Thank you for I think saying it's that. important. I that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of move on a little bit more, um, of course, you know, that's it's that was a really hard piece to talk about and cover, I'm sure. But is there anything else that you've covered recently? that was, you know, more lighthearted or, you know, another story that you found compelling? Um, you know, I've been covering all sorts of different things this, this, this year, especially when we were still hiring in the process of hiring reporters, we didn't have as many people, you know, I got to cover what needs to be covered. I, my typical beats are, um, like disability and accessibility issues, uh, theater, local theater and, and, you know, this, uh, university theater and, um, things like that, uh, but I, yeah, I've, I've covered all kinds of cool stories so far this year, but I, I definitely have, ha have had a very interesting time because I do, in addition to like covering news related to theater, I do theater review, I do the theater reviews for the paper, I've been doing that for over a year now, um, and it's been certainly interesting reviewing plays that are, that are remote, that are online, like, so, so the university has done two, 
uh, two plays, I think, so far this year that were both um, on Zoom, and then the other night I watched a uh, live-streamed play that was, it was, it wasn't, like, on Zoom, but it was, it was done from the different actors' homes. They were, they weren't, like, together or anything. Um, that was a collaboration between Theater Squared and this company, this theater company in, uh, Hartford, Connecticut called Hartford, Work, or Theater Works Hartford. Um, and so that was pretty cool. That, I really enjoyed that play. I thought it was really neat because it was a play that the, uh, the, the, the play, <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a play that the playwright had actually reworked after the pandemic hit to be specifically designed for online. Like it's a, they described it as like a live site specific play for the internet. So it was, it was really cool to see a play that was clearly like intended to be performed that way and not just plopped on the zoom because that was the only option. Not that I am trying to insult. <laughs> plopped like, on the yeah, zoom. Yeah. <laughs> not that I, not like, not like I'm trying to insult people who, or theater companies or theater school theater departments who are having to do that because they are, hard, they are doing, what they, they are yeah. doing what they have to do to keep their actors safe and make sure they get their acting experience. So obviously no shade there at all, but uh, it was, it was really cool, really unique um, experience. Cause it was, a lot of like interesting editing and special effects put into it um, because obviously these two big theater companies have more resources mm-hmm. to be able to do interesting stuff like that. So that was fun. Yeah, well, I always enjoy those reviews. You know, as a theater buff, it's always so fun to cover theater. And I mean, so gosh, fun. like we were talking about right before this, it's so sad that we haven't been able to go to the theater in I know. so long. We both really enjoy it. I would like love for us to be able to go to a play together. I know, sometime. as we would, of course. Yeah, like, exactly. If anything were as usual, but of course nothing is as normal. So yeah. here we are. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I always love your theater reviews. And I, I, I don't know if you think this, but I... I you just light up whenever you talk about them. I think they're so fun. Yeah. And fun to read. I mean, I don't know if other people that aren't as ingrained in the theater community in Fayetteville as me, because, of course, I go to every single show that comes out normally Mm -hmm. at T2. But, of course, you know, not right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I think they're so compelling and, you know, so fun to watch live theater and then, you know, get to read a review on it or, I guess, now watch virtual theater and then read a review on it. But, okay, so you've been doing a little bit of that, and then um, is there anything else you want to highlight as far as coverage or stories that you specifically want to direct people to? And it doesn't have to be yours, of course. Of course. Of course. Oh, I mean, I, I can't even, like, pick a favorite. Like, our reporters have been putting out so much good content and cover. They're, they've been pitching amazing stories mm-hmm. and then covering them super well. i just say, like, keep a lookout for our um, – for our – election coverage over the next Mm -hmm. two weeks we've already put some election related things out like we put out a um abby ross our editor-in-chief wrote a quick like guide to Mm -hmm. where and how to early vote or vote on the on election day and like who the candidates are and and things like that and within the next probably today or today or tomorrow we should be putting up uh, a couple things that we've been working on editing this weekend that are election related we will be putting up a more extensive guide to the three ballot issues that are on the Arkansas ballot this year so you can really understand what they what they mean um instead of just like reading because on the ballot they have just their like popular name their official name and like a short summary but for mm-hmm. I'd say like two out of the three issues the summary does not 
make no. clear at all what the what the what the uh, issue would actually do or the constitutional amendment that's being proposed would actually do if it was passed. Like mm-hmm. there are no details, so we're we're putting out a guide that's got the details. Like here's exactly what a yes vote would do, and here's exactly what a no vote would do on each of these things. Um, so because there's you know there's issues related to changing t- changing the way term limits work for mm-hmm. state legislatures. There's an issue related to changing the way. Um, changing the requirements you would have to meet to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot in the future, like a cit- like citizen initiatives. Um, and then there's one that's just uh, extending a sales tax that mm-hmm. are, that's already in place. Um, that one's obviously a little simpler to understand, but the other two are kind of extensive. So we're putting out a guide on that. We're putting, we're putting out a story, should be putting out a story hopefully today about um, early voting at Bud Walton. Obviously that was a big, that's a big mm-hmm. news story that we've all been focused on because it's the first year ever first time ever that we've had a polling place of any sort on campus and this is something that ASG has been fighting for since 2008 yeah like, this is something historic. that the ASG faculty senate like all kinds of like advocacy groups on campus have been wanting so obviously it's great for them to be able to like fulfill that promise that they made to students and to get get this get this opportunity for students and uh almost 3,000 people, uh, students, faculty members, staff members, and other local community members for whom this was just a, a, a convenient location voted there. So it was pretty cool. Well, awesome. You basically answered my next question. I was going to talk about election coverage yeah, because, <laughs> of course, that's the other thing that's consuming us. And yeah, wow, sounds like you guys have some awesome stuff in the works. And I have to note that as someone that voted in Arkansas, I voted yesterday, actually, and I did my research in advance. So I knew all about, you know, the different initiatives that were on the ballot but but yeah if you get to the ballot box and you don't know you, you would have, never you, know and you haven't done your research first you're not going to understand what and you're, you're either what you're going for. to just pick something random or you're going to not leave vote it on blank yeah, yeah and so i i think that neither of those things are a good option so no they're not so do your research and exactly. you know read that guide that you guys are going to put yeah. out because uh-huh. that i mean that's so helpful i mean i think that the the ease of being able to have some sort of publication put something out like that that outlines it easily just for your average person to understand. Cause I mean, I, I love politics. I try to keep up to date, but you know, it's hard on some of those things. I mean, even whenever you're reading, you know, what's on the ballot or you're reading a guide, I mean, some of them can still be so complicated and so hard to understand. So I think that people can really benefit from that. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add about political coverage or, you know, anything to look forward to about the Trav? I would just say, you know, this next, the next, week you know leading up to the election at least and you know the last few days we've we've been putting up election related coverage too but the next week should be at least half election coverage you know we've Mm -hmm. got lots of great stories scheduled out we've got some features you know that are uh we've got features on different um different candidates different campaigns and you know we've got some like i said some explanatory pieces we've got we've got lots of cool stuff coming out um so if you want to like follow fun interesting stuff that's happening with the election you can do that and then on election night you know we'll be uh having live coverage we should be live tweeting results uh as they come out we also um will have you know pre pre-prepared stories that we can put up when races are called stuff like that i do want to like caution everyone that just in general this doesn't just apply to our coverage but just in general we may not know the winner of every race on election night. Like this is going to be a very unique election night that is not is not what most people are used to. 
and because so many more millions of people across the country voted by mail or voted absentee in one way or another than normally do in any given year. Like there are millions and millions nationwide of ballots to be to be counted um, that there that they that won't all get counted by election night. So it's very possible that in any given race, whether it's you know a U.S. Senate race in Arkansas or a state house race or the presidential election, even there, it, there may, it may be, it may occur where on election night, one candidate seems to be in the lead. And then as more ballots are counted over the next, um, several like days or weeks, uh, another candidate pulls into the lead. It doesn't mean that there's, that there's like the, the reporting was wrong or that, you know, that the government lied or that there's any sort of fraud going on. It just means that quite the opposite, these government organizations are doing everything they can to make sure every single vote is counted, whether that vote came from someone who's living overseas but is an American voter or whether it came from someone who, you know, or one of the millions of people who chose to do mail-in options this year to protect themselves and each other by, you know, avoiding the polls in person or, um, or whether it's provisional ballots that were cast um, so, so just, I think uh, this is good advice to everyone journalists and people who are just watching election results, just be patient. This year's just going to require a lot more, unfortunately going to require a lot more patience than most years for finding out who actually won these elections. So just keep an eye out, be watching, we, you know, we'll, we'll be releasing news and results related to election for, I would assume for several weeks because not everything will be available on election night. Um, but we will be updating um, updating people with information as it becomes available to us. And, um, yeah, it's just prepare for, prepare for something very different is all <laughs> yes. I have to say. We are, we're preparing for something that's going to be very different. And I think the whole country is bracing for something that's going to be very different. But the important thing is remembering that if the results change, it's because, you know, things are working and we're counting every, we're counting, or not we, <laughs> the, gover the government is counting. The uh, Arkansas Traveler is yeah, not Yeah, the Arkansas cutting, Traveler is going to be Count all the ballots. ballots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but every vote, uh, I know everyone who's working hard as poll workers, as workers at election commissions and stuff, they're, they're working hard to try to make sure every vote is counted, so... Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be historic. At yes. least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and thank you for highlighting that. I think it's really important for all of us to remember it is a different type of election. And whether you're a journalist or whether you're just someone that's staying up to date with all of the information that's going to come out on election night and thereafter, you know, it is important to know it's, it's different. And anything that we've seen in the past is going to be totally different this year. So thank you for highlighting that. And I look forward for election coverage. I know thank UATV you. will be reporting all night and, you know, I hope for results, but, you know, like they're saying, it's not looking like they're going to come out that night. And if they do, I'm... They're preliminary. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to celebrate if they do, but, you know, if they don't, that's something that we're going to have to work with as journalists. Mm -hmm. Um, but Sarah, thank you so much. I think this has been a really successful episode and, you know, it's really interesting to hear what you guys are doing because as someone that, you know, is on the broadcast side of things, you know, even though we're all journalists and we're all, you know, working to cover the pandemic, the election, anything else that's going on on campus and more, 
of course, it's interesting to hear how you guys are doing it and how it's different from what we do and really interesting. So, of course, thank you for your reporting and thanks for joining me on here today, Sarah. You're a joy to talk to and I know we don't get to talk as much because of everything going on, but whenever we do get to, it's always really fun. And of course, when we get to work together, even better. It's a blast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off this episode of the Student Media Podcast. I am signing off for myself and my guest. Have a great day. Thank you.